A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the NXT 2.0 review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Ampler, Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, (laughs) this sort of thing, (laughs) make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also (laughs) Man in our owl, SmackDown, (laughs) AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, we have interviews. Roundtable discussions and round of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by the Dudleys to review NXT 2.0. Uh, but before we do that, uh, this is the day after the What Culture Christmas party. Gents, how are you feeling? I'm feeling incredibly tender. <laughs> I had too many sugary drinks. I'm usually a beer drinker or a margarita drinker, and I'm not playing. I can make my own margaritas at home. I'm not playing nine quid. And the establishments we went to last night don't do nice drinks. And that's why they're so awesome. Um, so did I, you have a margarita at one point? Yeah, I'd have a margarita in lane seven. And then I was drinking, like, just Alka-Pops, quite frankly. Because yes. I don't... I've, I have a limited capacity for lots and lots of lager. And I didn't want to get hamfleted by having loads and loads of trebles. So I thought, <laughs> I'll just have Alka-Pops just to maintain... See, I made the foolish mistake of going, oh, I can't drink any more beer. I think it's time to switch to gin. And it was about <laughs> 7 p.m. And we were in a trebles bar. And every time I'd go, oh, yeah, just uh, just a uh, uh, gin and tonic, please. Uh, would you like that? Double or single? And I'm like, I'll have a double. And they went, trebles, the same price. And I was like, yeah. Uh, Chris, the guy who works on a website, took a photo of me and him to send to his wife. To say this is the reason why I'm going to be a state tomorrow. <laughs> I still don't know why I was doing this. The card payments was a minimum of five pound, mm-hmm. and treble gins were four quid. So Jesus Christ! Th- but it gets weirder. So I was buying three at a time. I know. I what? That's, that's twelve pound. That's not it. <laughs> why is I just this? walking around with three trebles at a t- nine? That's nine alcohols <laughs> per order. He didn't. He did it more than once as well. <laughs> did them all at once. Yeah, that shout out, by the way, while I was still on night out stuff. Here, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name because he was the nicest bloke. And it's not on him; it's on me for being too pissed. But for talking to me and Michael Sidgwick in cozy jokes, it, it came to me as well. You about what culture yeah. and bigging our egos up to the 
point where we felt like big enough rock stars to literally go on stage and be them and sing the Smiths in a cheesy big market karaoke bar. And it was surprisingly and it, popular actually. for a yeah. Tuesday night. And absolutely own it. Well, it was popular because we made it. Yeah. DJ loved us. <laughs> Good joke, lads. What has he said? Uh, good bit of comedy there, lads. <laughs> <laughs> he ate in his life. Can I play? Can I play the the clip from my Instagram? Yes. Yeah. Let me dig this out. What's the context? What's the context? Oh, hang on. So to clarify, that is Josh Brown beating Michael Hanfler at pool. Me and Cedric had been watching. And we'd been talking about the rapper H, whose song Bust Down. Uh, he's a white rapper from Leeds. Features the line, I make a blush when I call a sexy. And Cedric yelled it at the top of his lungs at 6 p.m. or something. I was in a pit of despair over the defeat that I didn't even know it happened. So you played this to me today. I thought this must be from like 2 in the morning or something. No. Like outside of Cozy Joe's. Oh, dear. Anyway, should we talk about NXT? Oh, yeah. Um, it's a very eventful show. It just did feel like you, you sort of uh, teased it uh, yesterday. It felt like a sort of, not a revamp again, but the, the launch of something new almost all over again. Is that fair? Yeah, very uh, very post-pay-per-view edition of Dynamite. This was resetting the table, resetting yes. the board. I don't know, man. Say something stupid, Paul. <laughs> like the, this was, yeah, it was, I mean, look, I'm minging hungover and trying to watch this show at the best of times is headache-inducing. This week, it's a lot of guff, but it's guff with the direction, I think is the kindest I can be to it. And there's a couple of big talking points. There's a couple mm. of things that we still don't really know. The out there's a little bit of mystery with the stuff at the end, and aye, not, not a terrible time. I, I'm trying to be succinct about this because I just want to go to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nicest way I can put this show. They are telling not bad, not that bad stories with horrifically funny one-dimensional characters <laughs> <laughs> or incredibly green and or weird people. Mm. Still a lot of that. It, I don't, I'm not going to name names, but there's more than one match on NXT 2.0 a week where I'm thinking, why, why are you restless? And if and I don't mean to be overly cruel, but if and why is this a wrestling company putting these matches on? Why is it a wrestling company in general? Yeah, <laughs> you don't because do it. what I'm watching shouldn't be on television like this in this form, and yet it is. Like it's not, it's not a functioning wrestling show, and yet wrestling matches are happening. Mm. It's almost like sometimes WWE doesn't love you back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's start with a steel cage match. We actually we open with it with a with a great video package from War Games. We open with a great video package from War Games, uh, and then we open with the steel cage match. Uh, out comes Von Wagner. Answer me this, Sige. When he walked out, did he say? Barn. Like, I don't know what he did. He said something, and I wasn't sure if he just said his Calm. first name. <laughs> first name. Calm Tuesday. <laughs> Calm Wagner. Calm Tuesday, starring Calm Wagner. I got Calm. <laughs> uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going on. Like, 
He's the weirdest guy <laughs> of all so time. Weird. <laughs> Think I'm stupid? <laughs> I make a brush when I call a <laughs> Right. Kyle Riley jumps Wagner as he's making his entrance today. Brawl into the steel cage, which for this match apparently had no escape. Nice, nice of them to do that for a steel cage match. Yeah, it makes a change. <laughs> um, so this was, again, the the age-old thing of technical prowess. Obviously, Carter already vast streets ahead, uh, but Von Wagner's got the power game. He kept cutting off Riley at one, uh, at one point. Oh, Riley. Uh, he uh, just kicked him as hard as he can with a big, big boot to take us into a break, I believe. Um and then he powerbombed O'Reilly onto the side of the cage. But O'Reilly then countered into a tornado DDT. At one point, Vic Joseph said, snap, crackle, and pop. And I thought, I'll oh, piss off. It's too early. <laughs> um, we come back from the break, um, and they are trading strikes. Uh, O'Reilly hits a nice flying knee strike. Um, and he's sort of trapped Wagner between the, the ropes and the cage. And he's bouncing his head off it. He even climbs the ropes to just stomp on his head a bit more. Uh, he puts him in a guillotine whilst he's wrapped in the ropes. Obviously, no rope breaks. Uh, but uh, Von Wagner powers out, suplexes O'Reilly, and then they're fighting on the top rope. Wagner falls off, and O'Reilly hits that fantastic top rope knee drop that he does to get a uh, two count. Um, suddenly, though, as O'Reilly looks like he's got the match in control, looks like he's, he's setting up for a, a, a dramatic finish. Von Wagner, blatant low blow. Uh, he chucks O'Reilly into the cage a few times and then hits that double uh, underhook suplex finisher of his. One, two, three. And then post-match, Michael Hamlet, he uh, puts O'Reilly in the tree of woe in the next to the turnbuckle, next to the door, and he just slams the cage on O'Reilly multiple times, destroys him, seemingly to write him off telly, potentially for good. I really rather enjoyed this. Um, not a lot of fuss, not a lot of filler. It got to the point really quickly with it. Um, the the arrangement of the match seemed to imply that they knew how predictable it was and how everybody knew what was really happening here. So they didn't piss about. There was no um, overzealous and overdramatic selling, particularly from Kyle O'Reilly before some heroic comeback. It was a, a grisly-ish fight, as grisly as it needed to be for a feud that mm -hmm. isn't exactly the sort of blood feud, you know. Um, Von Wagner looked the part, at least, as the, the dominant newcomer. Hate his gear, though. Oh, the worst, like, I know Sidgwick hates CM Punk's long boys. Yes. But, Christ, it looks like the finest Van Damme airbrush compared to Von Wagner's. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, yeah, it, like, almost like ruthlessly effective in an attempt to just preserve what ever aura Von Wagner's got by not having this outstates welcome. And I've genuinely liked whoever came up with the um, the upside down in the corner door slamming spot, kudos, because there are a million ways to skin a cat and too often WWE just take the most obvious one. And mm. I thought that was a really effective and memorable visual to see off one character and set off a new one. Amazing how enjoyable a cage match can be when there's none of that claiming out, climbing out of the cage bollocks. It was structurally good. And Kyle Riley is such a goddamn pro and such a great pro wrestler. I want to attribute all of the fairly decent quality of this match to him. But like Von Wagner, it's just I've become we've become obsessed with Von Wagner. He's got a kind of funny voice. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, 
a weird energy. Calm. Calm Tuesday. He's just like... Maybe that's how Carl Reutling can come back. It's a calm dress. <laughs> It's a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of crap. All you do is cheat. He's like an inadvertently funny guy. But I think my obsession runs a little bit deeper with Von Wagner because it's such a quintessentially WWE thing to happen. Yeah. He's tall. He's a unit. I'm not being funny. That's kind of all he got. He's not bad in the ring. Obviously, he's green as hell. Great shape, obviously, yeah. Yeah, he's great shape. Big lad. He can move about a bit. He's mobile. Um... He's, again, I don't want to be cruel by name and names, but we've seen someone else who was big in NXT this year who just didn't move naturally. Like, you can tell he's got the wrestling in him. But at the same time, it's like he's got no charisma, like almost anti-charisma, in fact. His verbal skills aren't there. And in a match like this, like, I was begging him to rattle Kyle O'Reilly against that cage before the powerbomb. He kind of, like, placed him against mm. the mesh almost. It's like, be like... Change your intensity into something productive. I, I couldn't help but laugh when he got that promo later on. He said, War Games is over, Kyle O'Reilly's over, but my War Games have just begun. What? I love this because <laughs> they put on telly, for some reason, the thing he did is, a, what do they call them, digital exclusives, mm-hmm. where we got, take your stupid. So like, oh, that was great. That was cool. Do that on telly. Why? <laughs> so they've gotten to do it, but just like, I think the line is meant to be, my war has just begun. But, you know, he's not great. So he says, my NXT war games have just begun. <laughs> <laughs> my NXT war games live on WWE Network. Yeah. Oh, Peacock have just begun. And the oh, it's cr- also on pay-per-view. On the critically acclaimed <laughs> WWE Network on Peacock. Uh, anyway, following all that, we got a vignette with Joe Gacy and Hartland, who's going to be making his in-ring debut next week. <laughs> it's just it copied what bloody Malachi Black says. Doesn't matter who didn't win. It was about changing stuff and breaking down barriers. No, it's not. It's about winning. That's what wrestling's about. Uh, anyway, he talks about trying to change the name of 205 Live. Uh, and he says, Harland is an example of breaking expectations no one expects the size of his heart. Ooh, maybe a tag team in the works. <laughs> maybe not. You've just said it. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he said he, Holland, Holland's going to make his NXT debut next week, and together they can change the world. I just I think this act is so rubbish. I think this is such a rubbish act. Um, um, I'm not seeing enough in-ring of... Joe Gacy to consider this project not worth abandoning, quite honestly. He's not been so incredible that you're like, well, I hate the gimmick, but when the bell rings, he's worth it, so you kind of have to stick with it. I'd tear all this up and start again. Just I want to see the handspring lariat. That's yeah, it. and they know that as well. They know that's what he's got. I sort of want to see Horrorland. I kind of want to watch that just mm. to see it next week. But these pro, I just can't be arsed with any of these promos anymore. They're like that novelty. Was it the second week where there was this... WWE drop character, and then they actually turned it into a bit of a bit on censorship mm. or cancel culture or something like that. And I just, which, by the way, I've just said, I don't believe in cancel culture. I'm just saying that was there. Yes, 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 yes. But um, I just can't be bothered with it. Like, piss off old men talking shit on television through this character. Yeah, I mean, I'm just fed up with it now. I've not been, quote-unquote, outraged by it. No. Even though I'm a member of the woke liberal mob. <laughs> I just think it's 
It's not shocking. It's not controversial. It's just pathetic. Mm. It, uh, that's the word for it for me. It's an absolutely pathetic attempt to grab the zeitgeist. And it's so... Zeitgeist heist? Yeah. And it's so rubbish. That's the end of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, outcomes, on the other hand, someone who is incredibly popular right now, Braun Breaker, he gets a great reaction. Um, and he's still, in spite of what happened, a babyface. He's mm-hmm. received as such, at least. Uh, and he comes out, talks about what happened at War Games 2.0 and uh, Black and Gold brand, uh, Black and Gold team, sorry, taking on each other. He says, look, Black and Gold are tough as nails, but he pinned the NXT champion to Maso Champa. That makes them 1-1 against each other. So let's do this one more time for the title. We expect Champa to come out, but it's the Diamond Mines music that hits, and out comes Malcolm Bivens, Ivy, Ni- Ivy Nile, and the Creed Brothers, uh, and he calls him LeBron Breaker, um, and he says, look... Is that a compliment? Yeah, I thought that. He says, uh, anyway, before the Creed Brothers destroy Josh Broggs and Jens Johnson... <laughs> So Josh Broggs and John, John Johnson. <laughs> Josh Broggs and Jim Johnson. <laughs> Jim Henson, because they're a couple of more. says, look, Brian, you're the real deal, but you weren't the only one who was successful at NXT War Games. Talks about Roderick Strong defending the Cruiserweight Championship and the weight limit being lifted. Why is it called the Cruiserweight Championship then? Uh, but he says he's looking for new challengers. Uh, Bron tells him to get to the point. Uh, and Bivin says, look, Talks about the you know team black and gold building NXT, but Roderick Strong gave them the blueprint. Uh, he says Strong's got his sights set on uh, Champer and, and Breaker and all that, uh, but Breaker's sitting there saying, "Well, where is he then? If he wants to fight me?" And Bivens says, "Oh, don't worry about that. When he returns next week, he's going to put an end to the unstoppable Bron Breaker." Air quotes. Um, Breaker says, "Look, I don't care who I have to run through to get to Champer." The challenge is accepted, and he barges past Bivens, who pulls a great face as he storms out. I like this. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Um, functionally effective. Bivens is always great value. Um, he feels like major league in this ridic- against this like horrifically minor league backdrop. Um, what I liked about this is that it was the timing of this promo from Bron Breaker. He essentially cuts the same promo every single week. I'm going to wrestle and defeat Tommaso Ciampa. He's been saying this since we first clasped eyes upon him but he's actually pinned Tommaso Ciampa, so his words have a bit of weight. Mm. It was really getting a bit like, oh, he lost clean in the middle, so shake my mouth. Um, <laughs> but we're not really in that territory anymore because now he's got a justified claim to get to the title. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not doing cartwheels or it like, but it was Arid. Yeah, I think, I mean, I thought this before the first Ciampa match and then it dulled slightly, but I do think they've made a star. Like, genuinely, he's gone out there and bested all those NXT veterans on Sunday. And as Cedric says, he's got the win to talk about. And the reactions that he gets at least give off the impression that NXT 2.0, this strange project, has somehow created one big deal. Yeah. And that's one more than you would have imagined. So I quite a remarkable success story, assuming they go all the way with him. It will be, I do think they have to put the title on him. As maybe as a wilder shout as that still is, considering his inexperience, because you're probably only going to see what he might really have to offer when he's the champion, mm. when he like is racking up the defenses and stuff. It is such a hateful organization, WWE. Mostly staggeringly incompetent, <laughs> but maybe the word is also hateful because they can still do things. Mm. 
when they really are high on the people they are doing things on behalf. Like Roman Reigns versus Bron Breaker is, you know, it is legit a WrestleMania 39 match or a 38, not a 39 match. And those pushes have been mapped with a really careful bit of penmanship, if you like. But they just hate everybody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when they hate them, they're very cruel. Yeah. Uh, and then... They like got... Toxic Attraction's tits as well. <laughs> but that one's not quite as successful. That push. They, uh, then we got the Creed Brothers versus John Briggs and uh, <laughs> Brooks Johnson, or whatever his name is. I just don't like them as a team. And uh, everyone was watching this match. Imperium uh, were watching from the Eagle's Nest, the, the, the sort of regal... Uh, spot that we used to see him in, uh, and the grizzled young veterans are on commentary for this. It's a weird match. This uh, the Creed brothers did a bit of what we loved about them initially, dominating uh, Brooks Jensen. Um, in the midst of all this, though, as the referees distracted with a mauling, uh, grizzled young veterans jump up on the apron and steal the tag rope from the babyface team's corner. So that when Josh Briggs is reaching for it to tag himself in, he realizes it's not there. So uh, then the ref also spots that he's not holding the tag rope, which is something that, I mean, a lot of the time they have pay, pay no attention to. All of a sudden they've made this important thing. Um, so the ref stops that tag. Uh, Briggs turns around. Can, he sees, um, sees the Grizzly Young Veterans waving this tag rope in his face. Um, and then... Brooks Jensen counters Creed with an O'Connor roll. They sort of bump into Josh Briggs, who's on the apron, and uh, Jensen rolls up one of the Creed brothers, and they win. What? This is a bad match, and everybody involved sucks. Like, that's that's what this was, ultimately. Crap characters. Uh, no real energy to the match or flow at all. Like, really jarringly awful, this. Not full of botches, but just not good. Not entertaining, so robotic, like training drill dressed as a match thing that you would see the tough enough wrestlers in their free SmackDown t-shirts in tracks or whatever that old warehouse was in the late 90s when Maven was winning it. And just like, I cannot believe that this is being sold to me as characters having a wrestling match. Regressed the Creed Brothers, haven't they? Chuck people about. It's not uh, They're doomed in this version of themselves because... If you take that violence off them, there are a couple of ordinary guys in amateur singlets, and the whole point of the people that wear the singlets, the angles, the gables, these guys, is that they're supposed to be an added danger to what they bring that others don't have. This was bad wrestling, bad sports entertainment in terms of the tag rope stuff. Like, the division that previously we were just raving about because of this cool run that Imperium on suddenly felt, like, really useless as a result of this one match. I just remember watching this, just a soulless blur of moves with like really histrionic attempts on the part of the babyface's question mark to get the crowd up. And I was like, ah, they're not connecting with you at all. And if they're making noise, it's so performative. I just, in my hungover haze, I recall a blur of moves in which I wasn't emotionally invested. And then because of the way the match was arranged in the post-match or like the finish at angle, I just, well, no team's better than the other. I don't really know who the baby faces and the heels are. I did enjoy to a degree the way they launched the Creed brothers, like threw them into the fireman's carry. That's a good spot. I yeah. like that. 
was just nothing. This is nothing. I'm watching nothing watching this. And I feel nothing. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, what followed was the new Duke Hudson. Uh, obviously, they, they preceded this by showing the brief clip of... of oh, God, my throat's bad today. Uh uh, shaving his head at, or briefly shaving his head at War Games. Now comes Duke Hudson. He's got luscious blonde locks now. Got clearly a blonde wig, obviously, that he's wearing. And he comes out and he says, look, I've seen some some lies online about me getting me shaved bald by Cameron Grimes. Look, I may have lost a little bit of hair, but I took care of it. I've dyed it. And now look at my hair. beautiful head of hair, basically. This brings out Cameron Grimes, of course, um, to which I did like the, the touch of Duke Hudson immediately putting on some headgear because <laughs> uh, he knew what was coming, basically. Uh, and he, he has this back and forth with, with Grimes. Um, and Hudson complains that Grimes cheated. He pulled his trunks. He's nothing more than a... And Grimes finishes it off, says, yep. I know where I'm from and I know what I'm like, but you can still complain about this. We can always run it back once more. No holds barred. Hudson accepts, goes to the cheap shot. Grimes gets him, uh, but before he can hit the cave-in, Hudson slides out of the ring uh, and Grimes reaches over the top rope, gets his hands on the wig and the the, the, the headgear, but uh, Hudson manages to escape with wig intact and we've got ourselves a match for next week. Yeah. I, I didn't like... I'm usually a sucker, a low-key sucker for wig stuff following a head-shaven angle. Like, her angle looked absolutely phenomenal when he did it. Loved her Molly Hollies as well. Yeah, Molly Hollies was <laughs> class. Uh, obviously, we've got Durag Vince, which oh. is immortal. Oh. <laughs> absolutely immortal. Um, I think they were trying to go, like strike a, noted, a note of absurdity. Oh, it's blonde now, which makes it even more obvious that he's this idiot who's pretending he has hair. And I just, uh, the tone was off. Like, he wasn't really selling it. He was selling it, but, like, he wasn't going full harm. And it's like, there's a dissonance there where it's like, he's, they have the kind of nerve to take this feud somewhat seriously. They just do wacky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, it probably falls, that'll like be in the remit of the match, won't it? You would assume, because I guess, like, Cameron Grimes tries to get the wig off. 
I would quite like myself, uh, Bron Breaker, to slap that headgear off and say like, pay that article of clothing some goddamn respect yeah. <laughs> because a legend wore that and like just absolutely batter him for daring to wear his Dar's trademark look. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm full when it comes to Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson at this point. So let's have the zany wig stuff in the match and be done with it. Yeah, let's I was surprised Grimes they even dragged on. it out to next week, to be honest. I thought he was just going to come out and say, yeah. oh, I've not made shave board, and Grimes whips it off and goes, you have, mm-hmm. basically, but we're getting another match next week. But yeah, I mean, I've got a note for my preview for next week, I suppose. So yeah. small, small mercies. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Then we go backstage with Josh Broggs and Jim Henson. Um, <laughs> jacket timer there. The grizzled young veterans come in and say, oh, you only won because of us. And then Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carr, who just love to have fun. They love to go out and party. They've got two tickets to a gig or something. And they go, the boys go, oh, I'll take, I'll take their best boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we just get into a brawl with Jacket Time and the grizzled young veterans because Jacket Time reference what they were told by... Zach Gibson when they were trying to break into a locker or something last week. It all you know gets separated by referees. And then Mia Ying pops up with a pillow and a drink and then pops back down again. What is that? I've no idea. I, right. I like this stupid thing of Wendy Chu, I think is the name that she's going by, but they haven't named her on screen yet. Um, I like this really stupid thing that happens on this wrestling show. But somebody that sleeps backstage isn't a wrestling gimmick. <laughs> like, that is not, I've said it before. Like, gimmicks might vlog for your t-shirts, but you need characters to sell tickets. Characters of, I'm too tired for any of this shit. Might feel extremely relatable, but like, how does that, how does that contribute to how tight your headlock is? It's just, it's just a thing that somebody is doing, sleeping backstage. Like they've just got in a costume box and gone sleepy. It's not yeah. a wrestler for your wrestling show. It's, yeah, next week, Sneezy. <laughs> WWE is a relentless pursuit to not do wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> to not do an emulation of sport with dreaded, like, athletes with dreaded different wrestling styles. Like, a person who sleeps a lot. Like, what are we doing here? It's like, it's also, it's rubbing it in our face. It's like, oh, she gets to sleep. Like, well, I've got to get up at six o'clock in the morning to watch this. Just, I was thinking about like preview fodder for three weeks' time. Where is she going to be asleep next? <laughs> That's the whole bit. Yeah, write that down for next week. <laughs> uh, I did like what came next, though. It was Grayson Bloody Waller. He's well, showing off. Cancelled lash, l- lashing out with Lash Legend, haven't they? When was the last time that was on? It's just on right? hiatus for six weeks. You've got to keep <laughs> it because my mind's like heist is buggered otherwise. Yeah, because I have to listen to the commentary, which I do very well. I'm so good at just funneling it out. I still, I still listen to it. <laughs> it's, like, it's part of my job. I just can't do it. Uh, ah! So Grayson Bloody Wall is outside with a lady. He's uh, showing off his, his elbow drop from, from War Games saying, oh, I won. And he says, oh, you got any plans? You know, if you want to come out with uh, come out with me? And she goes, actually, I've got plans tonight. Uh, and uh, he goes, who with? And the camera pans and there's L.A. Knight. And he says, cheers, toots. Uh, and he gets the girl in the car and, and drives off. And Grayson Waller looks very angry about all this. Well, what is he like more? Thrills, pussy, or social media <laughs> likes? <laughs> How much boxing, I think? 
I was thinking that there's like, a, is there a pretext here that like she's like, I got me nice and going with him. You sort of came on a little bit strong, and then we see footage. He's like, do you want to come boxing with me? Do you want to go bungee jumping? <laughs> she spent some time like upgrading her Instagrams, uh, like all these hobbies, like one thing after another. It's like, fancy a drink, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. When when LA nights, the sort of watered down. Like, <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness look at this change of pace. It's a bad sign for you, Grayson Waller. It's just more sex. And like LA Knight's an arsehole. This isn't like, he's not turned baby. hero we all need. He's not Michael turned Hamlet. baby face, has he? He's a dickhead. <laughs> like but it's like, we're cheering. Why? Because we're telling you to. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Why are you cheering that guy? Well, at least he's not that guy. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah. It's the, hey, Meg, you get uh, less ugly. <laughs> That's what it is. Hey, uh, LA Knight, you get uh, less unbearable next to <laughs> Grayson Waller. Anyway, we got um, Carmelo Hayes versus Dexter Loomis next. This was meant to be uh, Dexter Loomis versus Trick Williams, but apparently Trick Williams uh, has uh, got, got some vision impairment, I think they said, and he just had a bandage around his head, basically. Uh, so Loomis uh, is battering Carmelo Hayes early on. Carmelo's got the bad ribs, of Lords course. Loads of eye stuff in wrestling. I know. Absolutely. That toxic the, mist is everywhere. Take the cars from me all over again. <laughs> so uh, he's targeting the ribs. Those are Steinemath as well. That's dead. Yeah, they've like, buried that, haven't they? Just enough. He's even lifting him up by the, the rib tape at one point. Um, uh, he slams him. On the, on the ribs, knees him in the ribs. Uh, but Trick Williams keeps trying to distract him, but keeps looking absolutely terrified the moment Dexter Loomis flashes him a look. Um, and the, even when he tries to distract him, Dexter Loomis just punches, punches Carmelo Hayes in the face. Um, so uh, Carmelo Hayes eventually uh, fights back, spring, springboard clothesline that looked really nice, uh, and goes after Dexter Loomis's bad hand, of course, that he you know, took him out with a few weeks ago. Um Hayes uh, kicks kicks him in the face uh, after Trick Williams distracts Dexter Loomis to sort of take over, takes to the break. When we come back, uh, Hayes is still on top, injury, further target in the hand. And uh, he's talking to him, trash talking to him, and that allows Loomis to power out of it, reverse a suplex, um, hits the, hit the clothesline, go for the silencer. Uh, but as it looks like he may be about to choke out the North American champion, Trick Williams just chins him uh, for the DQ. And post-match, Trick Williams gets snatched up in the silence. Um, but uh, Carmelo Hayes saves his friend. What do you make of this, uh, Sige? Uh, it's a Dexter Loomis match. I immediately regretted saying, oh, this could be a good match. Carmelo uh, Hayes can get a good match. As soon as it happened, I went, oh, no, I remember why I don't like Dexter Loomis wrestling. It's just deliberate... I'll never be able to say anything different about a Dexter Loomis match, which is a massive problem with the act. Deliberate movements where it's like, even when he was a kind of heel, it wasn't frightening. He's a cartoon character. And now he's a baby face. It's just so much on the show is just off. He's the personification of what WWE wants from fans, though, because I love seeing him other than when he wrestles. Yeah, like, sorry to fans of his or him himself if he's listening Dex Loomis is a bad wrestler like that and you're just watching a bad wrestler try and wrestle it's like I don't want to be horrible to him it's that bit in Partridge where like stop singing Susan it sounds bad <laughs> stop wrestling Dexter it looks bad like he's just not good at this and, and they like, make up for the fact that he might have let's say holes in his game by him not selling stuff because yeah, like, he's a serial killer yeah like less happens as a result and they'll obviously it's character based that he does less 
not like blind to that, and that's got to be restrictive if there is some expression there that we're not permitted to see. But it's always the same. Like you're watching it, just thinking, there must be like he's got a great body. There must be loads of other cool stuff you can probably do. Do that because it just, <laughs> it's just it's so slow. And yeah, it's just ponderous style. There's no like I like Camilla here's a lot, but you cannot be doing this because you don't want to expose the holes in his game, and you know it's probably not fair to ask at this point that he's going out expected to carry whatever this ten minutes or something. Whatever mm. this went. Felt longer. Like, it's rubbish. Nonsense and waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up, it's time to find out who MSK's shaman is. Oh, and it is Riddle. <laughs> Riddle. It's Riddle. I didn't see this one coming out for it. No. Why wasn't it RVD? <sighs> maybe it was like a late pullout, or maybe they did a WWE thing and thought too many people realise who this is. We are this will make, make too many people happy. We are going to make it a green herring after all. I have to talk about his prick on two separate shows. What a piss take. So uh, it's revealed to be Riddle, uh, and uh, he says, it's time to get down to business. He's going to put on his shaman hat, and he just puts a cap on backwards, and okay, bro, ca- cap on backwards. Uh, and he asks them what, you know, what they want to know. They're sat in this room with loads of candles on the floor, and they talk about you know, thinking when they got to NXT, they were going to have to work their way up, but in fact, they just won the Dusty Cup uh, and went straight to the top, basically. Um, but then, obviously, they lost the tag titles to Imperium. Have, have they already, you know, reached their peak? And and what what happens next to them? And Real says, guys, it's a long journey. It's rough. It's not easy. But when you hike up that mountain and get to the top, it is a chef's kiss. Mwah. And he talks about the, the bros awaits and pretends Pete Dunne's dead. Um, he uh, asks, sorry, they ask him if, you know, Imperium's kind of got their number. Are they messing about too much? Should they change? And Riddle says, no, you shouldn't change. You know, you've, you've come, got to the top together, you've fallen together, and you will rise together again. Uh, and I'll be there for you all of the way as well. But before we conclude, he's got to find out what's, what's in this bag, this mysterious bag of theirs. Sharing is caring, bro, he says. And he opens it up, and they all go, whoa, it's weed. <laughs> they surely haven't gone to the lengths of... Hiring or renting out locations to like to shoot like on location stuff across a few different locations across several weeks of television for it to be like riddle. There must have been a late dropout or some kind of snag in something because otherwise this is I know cares about NXT two point so you can't say things like worst ever or like whatever. What a rubbish payoff this was. Irrespective of what your thoughts are on Riddle the person, like even if 2020 hadn't happened, I'd still think, ah, oh, that was a waste of my time and yours. Yeah. What's he going to do? Is he going to be the manager now? Or is it just <coughs> all that time and money spent on them doing possibly? They're not even jokes. No. no there's something in the bag, something that you can legally procure in most states. <laughs> so you can't even do what is, I think, the worst genre of comedy. Stoner comedy is absolutely terrible. This vignette was a more this effective anti-drug PSA than anything Reagan did in the 80s. <laughs> we just say no. Do, do, do you want to turn into an arsehole? Smoke weed. Like, just... Oh man, I couldn't be arsed with this at all. Like, we've gone weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks for MSK to effectively have travelled all that way and taken multiple steps backwards. Mm. Like... Uh, they, they whilst whilst so they're putting other tag matches like Why did they just earlier. go to Raw? There was an element of a surprise from them 
when like they knew the guy that they were going to see. It was us that didn't. Did they forget that? Like we were the ones that were yeah, supposed I don't to be get in suspense, any of this. and it was like, whoa, it's Riddle. Yeah, well, that's who you were. It was us that were supposed to go, whoa, it's Riddle, instead of going, oh, it's Riddle. They didn't know who it was, did they? There was kind of like a suggestion that they knew there was a mythical figure, but they didn't know the true identity of them. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what is any of this show so rubbish? Well, uh, they are reacting to it, Vic and, and Wade, when Mandy Rose tells Vic to shut up. Gigi Doley and JC Jane have got I mean, some... I appreciate that. Some business to <laughs> take have done that care of, like, like real women, not like Cora Jade. Uh, and he says, she says, Vic, stop drooling, and Wade loves all this. And when we come back, they're about to have a She's match. She's the boom! <laughs> <laughs> uh, backstage with Indy Hartwell and bloody Puget, bloody Parada. Um... <laughs> in these in these bloody chuffed little mint balls. Uh, <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Um, chuffed mini meatballs. Li- little little mint balls. <laughs> shut up! I'm chuffed a little mint. Balls. No, I don't know. Some of them chuffed a little mint balls. <laughs> Not the day for it, is it? <laughs> If it's a thing, hang on. My energy's so low. I'm sorry if you're a first time listener and you've made it this far. My energy's usually much I'm, higher. Ah, well, born. Just a little mint balls. Here we go. I don't love you anymore. But the question <laughs> is, do you care? <laughs> uh, like a little mint ball, maybe with your chest puffed out. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> little mint ball. <laughs> little mint ball. Little mint ball. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to find. What are you doing? What I'm trying to find a, 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 like an explanation of chuffed a little mint balls, and I've just got this bloke <laughs> on a forum posting about getting a delivery. Oh, it's just because he's titled it. I'm chuffed a little mint balls. I can't believe it. When I got home yesterday, there was a card from the post office. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even my card. Anyway, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Here's your bloody product. Indie bloody heartbelt. Indie chuffed a little mint balls. <laughs> Dexter Lewis is Where back. Where did you even pull that from? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, she's happy Dexter's back. Purge is like, Purge is like, oh yeah, can you get your mind back on the team now? Because you've been pissing about for the last few weeks. I've been having to wrestle handicap <sighs> matches whilst you arse around or just you know remain distracted. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> immediately... Nine and a half inch cack and in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Dexter, Dexter Lewis shows up. She jumps into his arms. Persia Pryor is not happy. We all know where this is going. Just shag him at home. <laughs> <laughs> and Gargano shows up and says, oh, it's nice to have all the family back together. But this is all about Persia Pryor eventually turning on Indy Hartwell, right? Yeah, get to the point. Get to the point. I can see it coming from a mile away. There's no drama on the journey. There's no entertainment on the journey. It's just... And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, there's no sympathy on the part of the baby face because she's simply too horny. If she just shagged him at home multiple times on six other days of the week, there's no Largo loop. It's just a Largo cock. Foley. So just shag him at home six days a week, multiple times throughout those six days. Get your bloody fill, love, and concentrate <laughs> on your bloody job. Because at this moment in time, at this moment in time, I'm sympathizing with a person that's going to stove your head in imminently. <laughs> like Mick Foley articulated in his first book, didn't he? He said, like, the heel has to believe that they are in the right for doing what they're doing. WWE have misunderstood that and made a thing. The fans have got to believe the heel is in the yeah. right for doing what they're doing, and that's the case here. 
we got a non-title match uh, between Toxic Attraction, or Gigi and, and JC from Toxic Attraction, versus Valentina Ferroz and Ulyssa Leon. Brief match this. Good. Uh, back and forth. Uh, they got some decent offense in. Leon running wild. She gets cut off uh, by Toxic Attraction, though. They uh, do a blind tag that she doesn't see. And as she's uh, trying to do something to Gigi Dolly, maybe put some sort of submission, if I remember rightly, on her. Uh, in comes JC Jane. Spin kick. One, two, three. Post-match. Actually, anything you want to say about the match? I, I don't know if it's my hangover talking here, but I was very, like, I had very little tolerance for the bad wrestling on the show. I said, they're all bad wrestlers. What's going on in that gym? They're shocking. Like, there's not even like, again, I'm not talking about botches, not offensively rubbish. Just not entertaining. This isn't real. It's supposed to exist for entertainment. It's fake. Like, this is drab. Like, I feel like I'm watching a bad shoot fight instead where they're actually trying to hurt each other at the expense of entertainment. Mm. It's rubbish. There's just no life <sighs> to any of it. It's just... Poorly performed, poorly acted moves happening, most of which are in like disjointed sequence. I just, I'm, so, I don't know how people can possibly invest in this. I, they try, I try, I do try to get it, but I just watch it and I think, what? What am I watching? Here? Something you sent to the two of us the other day, Hamlet, where it was the, like a, a bit from the kickoff show, I think, from oh, War Jesus Games. Christ. And it's like them walking backstage and they were all acting. It's so one second of footage, but you have to watch it four times to see all of them doing their acting. Dakota Kai is crazy and they're all gritting their teeth and what have you. Chewing gum. Nom, nom, nom. But they focus on minutiae such as that and then they forget the wrestling part. That just moves, man. It's just mm. NXT 2.0 so often I'm just watching moves. Well, Manny Rose got a promo after all this. Said the baddest bitches in town has still got all the gold after Honey. war games. Um, she uh, issues an open challenge to anyone who wants to bring it on in terms of challenging them as champions. Out comes Cora Jade. Thank goodness she wasn't on the, the uh, skateboard. <laughs> She's got her arm in a sling, obviously, after what happened. Um, she uh, was thinking about that time she cut that promo in the locker room and skated off. So you <laughs> skated down that little corridor. I go everywhere on it. <laughs> So uh, Leave the car at home. Take your board. She reminds uh, Mandy Rose that not only did she uh, help her team win war games, got the pinfall, of course, for her team, but also she pinned Mandy Rose two weeks ago. Uh, and uh, she said, uh, Rose responds by saying, you're not the one, but if you want to, you can get in the ring and we can settle this right now, obviously, with an injury. So Cora's up on the apron. And it looks like they're going to use the numbers advantage to beat her down. But who should come out to make the save? But Raquel Gonzalez swinging a chair about and the uh, heels bail out, basically. I got lost when you were talking there. <laughs> I, I, need, I need sustenance. Let's get this wrapped up. Hamlet, what are your thoughts? Broadly effective. I think uh, yeah. they booked the women's war games quite well. They've set up Cora Jade as a challenger who will probably lose, but it's okay because this is the point in her career where she can lose and rebound alliances. So I one thing I will say is that, like, with Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez getting together, there's just too many, like, stables and groups. I'm getting so confused. <laughs> I cannot keep up. This is what I was talking about earlier, now that I've had a thought, <laughs> of a not-bad story told with really rubbish one-dimensional characters. you got a little bit of depth to Cora Jade. We discovered an attribute that she has in terms of being a baby face, that she's got perseverance. She's got heart. <laughs> and, you know, the 
woven this all together with a reasonable degree of elegance. Uh, and I'll well, just mention what happened backstage as well a little bit later on. Chorus thanking Rako Gonzalez for having her back. Talks about how crazy the time's been since she debuted. Yeah, where's her boyfriend? Um, <laughs> she talks about potentially becoming NXT Women's Champion. And Rako Gonzalez goes, well, you know, I, I was a former champion and I've got Mandy Rose's number. So they, they have a little bit of a tete-a-tete with that one. Kaylee Ray walks in uh, with her baseball bat. She gives it to Cora. Uh, says, you'll probably need this more than me. And uh, Cora says, what are you going to use? And she says, oh, don't worry, I've got plenty. And they go, oh, she's a bit bonkers, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, after the, the toxic attraction bailing, Raquel Gonzalez say, it's time for Tiffany's Epiphanies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. My daddy said I was a natural-born athlete. When I told him I wanted to do gymnastics, my daddy hired a full-time trainer to take me to the gym whenever I wanted. I dominated every competition. And, of course, I ended up on Team USA. Oh, wait a second. Hang on. Oh, bollocks. What am I pressed there? I ended up on Team USA. And God bless the United States. <laughs> But Daddy said I was too good to be on a team. I'm a solo star. Just like I'll be in NXT. I deserve a gold medal all by myself. And you know what's better than a gold medal? The NXT Wounds Champion. (laughs) I love it. I love Tiffany Stratton. Just imagining Bruce Pritchard sat in a room with Vince glowering and everything in their purview when they're going down to the performance center and they're looking at these like by WWE standards decent notes of progressive behavior and thinking God we need uh, we need a stuck up bitch <laughs> in this company and it's gonna be uh, ooh. they totally told themselves there didn't they because they've like they've told like the Olympic level gymnast Right, so they've got this. So she comes in at the performance center day one. Love your credentials. Oh, it's a real medal, yeah. Like we had obviously Kurt Angle. You know we've got this success with her. Spoiled bitch. She's an Olympian. Like is that how Kurt got started? Was it? Oh yeah. Well, uh, we'll book you as uh, too big for your boots, Kurt. Like, uh, why? Why is this going on? Like previous to this, I didn't know she was an Olympian. Right. So I just thought this was their usual sexism. It's they want to sort of impose this character. They're actively taking away the thing that she can bring to the table by doing this. Spoil bitch. I hate you. I hate you. Like, I just, I hate them. I hate all of this. I need, I need a Burger King. Well, things picked up next because it was Tony the Angel all time backstage. He's getting interviewed by uh, Mackenzie Mitchell. Just does. He says, uh, hey, uh, that's <laughs> Tiffany Strands, one nimble uh, female. Am I right? Huh? Which, what does he mean by that? Like, is he just insinuating anything or? Is that she's good at gymnastics. Okay, fair enough. Trying uh, to do the split dance cack. <laughs> he said, uh, hey, I uh, I told you uh, the heavy money was on deep duper and I wasn't wrong. Uh, he says, <laughs> were things a little bit personal between me and Petey Poppins? Yeah. Look, I, I think I showed him at War Games. I'm not somebody you cross. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I got this piece of memorabilia from him. Shut up. <laughs> He's got the mouthpiece in a case. You see, no, normally I'd sell this on the internet. But uh, then he comes on. Andre, Andre Wild, <laughs> Wide <laughs> Web. Uh, eBay, hide of it. <laughs> 
comes Andre Chase, who congratulates him on winning, but says, look, if you follow my game plan, you'd have been the one coming out looking like a star, not Grayson Waller. And he goes, oh, this guy, yeah, a star? Look, professor. I've merged together. I'm very tired. Look, professor. My daddy told me that I could have anything I wanted. <laughs> Normally, I'd give you a beating right here for being disrespectful. Shut up. <laughs> but, I, but I got some collections to make. So next week, why don't you meet me in the ring, and I'll show you who this store is. Anything you want to say? Nah, you, you captured it all. Kind of follow up. And then it was Santos Escobar oh, versus Zion Quinn. Um, the story of this match is Zion Quinn keeps looking at the pretty lady and getting distracted. Um, but the, the real story here, I suppose, is that terrifying, uh, what was it, a Super Frankenstein or whatever yeah. it was <laughs> off the top. Good God, that was dangerous. Yeah, terrifying. Absolutely, legitimately terrifying. He, Zion Quinn, bounced up off the mat, seemingly with like almost an involuntary attempt to be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then remembered, oh, I'm in a pro wrestling match now, I've got to simulate contact. The referee rushed straight over to sort of double check. Like that's the sort of stuff. I'm assuming everybody's fine today. That's sort of stuff that takes you out of a match and makes you think about what you're watching. Um, it's a shame because this was better. This was a step up from the last couple of duffers. But um, aye, that's, that's all you're going to remember from this. Yeah, the finish saw uh, Lopez actually slip Quinn some brass knucks, but he chucked them to Joaquin Wilde and all this distraction basically allowed Escobar to hit him with a phantom driver and get the pinfall victory. I, I quite like that uh, too. Interesting. It wasn't bad, this. Yeah. Like, I don't like Morris dancing, right? But I could probably watch a Morris dance and think, oh, you're quite good at this. I don't like sports entertainment, but I'm thinking, if you're capital T, capital S, telling stories, what you've done here is you've made the suggestion and a bit of shred of drama, was Electra Lopez assisting mm -hmm. the guy she's wet for, <laughs> or was it a ruse to get him DQ'd and she was going to stay loyal to her man? Even when you talk about things like this, it's still, like, not good at all, really, but by sports entertainment standards, it's a decent story beat. This was better performed than Paul Heyman sliding the belt in between Brock and Roman and going, you know what to do! <laughs> like, this was far more convincing. Yeah. I, I like that, and I don't know, and I want to keep watching to find out. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams bump into Diamond Mine backstage. Uh, Hayes wants Roderick Strong. Bivens issues a challenge. Hayes says Strong isn't the A champion. Bivens isn't happy about all this. They leave. Uh, and then we get a uh, vignette from Boa who uh, calls out, of all people, Idris Inofe, uh, talks about the fact that you've only just arrived here in NXT, but I'm going to take you out of it because I'm going to have control of these powers uh, next week. And he's he's got that face paint now. So they are sticking with the thousand-year-old dragon. Man! It's so funny how much <laughs> this bombed, and they're still thinking, nah, it's, it's supernatural. So, cool. It's cool. But we'll have to do it. We'll have to do it. Bruce Pritchard, you dickhead. <laughs> Nothing to add. Right, finally, it's time for Johnny Gargano to come out and address his future. Uh, he comes out, gets a great reaction, of course. Uh, looks quite emotional walking out there. Um, Johnny Wrestling Chance, of course, gets the microphone and tells tells us how heartbreak 
that told him he could have as long as he wants and was joking about, you know, going long, London is falling, is coming next, but they'll sort of have to wait, basically. He said this isn't going to be an eloquent promo because he didn't really want to think about what he said before he came out to say it. He just wants to live in the moment with the audience. Uh, he says he's learned something over the past six years in NXT and he should enjoy every moment. He should enjoy these kinds of moments more. Uh, he was always worried about not being good enough. He wants to give the audience his best. Uh, and he talks about getting the tryout um, six years ago, um, uh, or five years ago, I should say, uh, 2016, uh, being told he would never make it in NXT. Um, says he wasn't blessed with the best genetics, but William Regal uh, invited him back to have a, a dark match with Apollo Crews, and the crowd chanted Johnny Wrestling so loud that they brought him back every single week WWE did, even though he wasn't under contract. Um, he says, this crowd has helped me live my dream. He says, inside of me is still a shy eight-year-old chubby wrestling fan. I did like the fan that chat- chanted, uh, shan- shouted, I'm chubby too. Um, Same. Uh, he said he, he's uh, dealt with self, uh, you know, self-doubt and being self-conscious uh, his whole life, still has to deal with it, but one place he feels special is in the ring in front of the crowd. Uh, he talks about his family, says they might be in Cleveland. Uh, shout out to his mom and his dad who might be asleep. Uh, he says, but he's also got this family like back. the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> He uh, talks about the fact he's got his family backstage as well, though. Names a whole load of people uh, alongside all the usual ones you'd expect. Um, He says, look, these people are my family. That's never going to change. Change can be scary, but sometimes it needs to happen. Uh, And the crowd don't want to hear this, but he tells them he has to leave them with one message. You will never fail if you bet on yourself. He says, look, my immediate future is up in the air. He may go away and do some things here and there. But in February, he's going to start the most important job of his life when he becomes a dad. He says he's going to love this little guy so much. Uh, gets a great reaction again from all this. But as he goes on, the cameras have gotten quite tight on him, and you can hear the crowd Yeah, from uh, Money in the Bank 2011 when John Cena made his entrance. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly Ru- Ruined it. Suddenly Sorry, change. Um and uh, in comes Grayson Waller to ruin Johnny Gargano's farewell. Chair shots him, chucks him out of the ring, uh, puts the chair on his neck, throws him into the ring steps, and then power bombs him through the announce desk before screaming down the lens about, you know, if you want views, you want attention, you know, this is what you need to do. This is now my house. And the crowd chant, I believe, piece of shit as the uh, show goes off the air. Like, mostly really effective. Um, you know, I just want to say, by the way, I love it when anybody calls Shawn Michaels heartbreak because it reminds me of a fantastic video package before WrestleMania 14 where he's uh, Michaels is speaking to Iron Mike Tyson after they've inducted him into DX. And he's like, after WrestleMania, Mike, who's going to be the world champion? And he goes, you will heartbreak. And he's like, and who's going to be the baddest man on the planet? I will heartbreak. <laughs> and he's just so buzzing to be with Shawn Michaels. And he's Mike. Tyson, he's like in the glow of Shawn Michaels' sleep. That's brilliant. Wrestling used to be silly. They used to be so good at this, you know. Yeah, WWE, crap, so good at this. Crap now. <laughs> like, this was pretty good. Um, Johnny Gargano has taken a fair bit of stick on this podcast and from us. He, I think he's a, he's a nice man. Um, and I like nice things for the nice man. And this felt real. Like, we know that this NXT stuff he takes incredibly seriously. Sometimes it's been at the expense of the act. But I remember... Aura. Time, sometimes I remember when I was along for the ride with him in this 
on this show, and I loved it. Like, treasured memories with Johnny Gargano at points, and I'll take away them. It's a bit like The Undertaker saying goodbye to his career in the Thunderdome, isn't it? Like, him saying farewell in the fun house in the soft place. It's a bit <laughs> like that. But, um, aye, mostly really nice. Uh, the beatdown was what it was. I guess, like, it's either... We'll speculate now, I suppose. Like, either he does re-sign, and maybe this is a write-off for a while, um, and he gets time with his kid. That's a shoot. You know, that's real. And you've got Grayson Waller. They've given him to Grayson Waller in the same way they gave... Uh, Kyle O'Reilly of Von Wagner. It's the thing you're supposed to do. So I can't complain too long and loud. And then still feel like there's some speculation abounds because all the post-show pictures were him, him genuinely like breaking down in tears, hugging Shawn Michaels and Tommaso Champers. Who knows? Interesting stuff. Yeah, if I watched this show and didn't have social media, I would think, all right, he's going to have a feud with Grayson Waller. But those tears, I mean, it would be a hell of a work if they decided to take these pictures and mock them up so that it looks like Johnny Gargano's distraught. Could... Flicked at the idea of he doesn't necessarily want to leave NXT, but it's not NXT anymore, sort of thing. Um, I would just think this was an angle. Um, his promo was great. Came across as like one of the nicest guys in a rotten business, which is like Hamlet, I'm all here for. And the beatdown's pretty good. I still don't really take Grace Wallace seriously as like a potential main event star or anything like that. But uh, I kind of sold the hell out of the beatdown. Yeah. It was great. And it's just it was ruined for me by the production choice. Like, don't insult my intelligence to that extent. It was ridiculous. I you, you have that weird when you think, this crowd being sweetened. You ha- have that like kind of they did it on Rampage as well, which I wasn't a fan of. I can like go, ah, oh, I oh, put yeah, it's fine. This is like piss off. Mm. They um I really hope it goes to AW. Like they have signed so many wrestlers that I don't consider to be assets. You know, this, this isn't another conversation about roster, but Johnny Gargano is such an asset. Yeah. Like, he would be such an asset to that. I'm not pitching from necessarily to become the world champion. I'm not suggesting he's going to be the guy that gets him to the next viewership point or anything like that. But what an asset he would yeah. be on that roster. He's brilliant. Very interested to see where this goes next. But let us know your thoughts on NXT Dubai. Oh! On Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts that are normally less hungover than this. <laughs> uh, we'll also be back later on today with the AEW Dynamite preview, of course. But for now, this has been the NXT Dubai pre- uh, review, even. My thanks to the Dadly Boys, thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.